The previous Mishnah talked about using a pepper grinder on Yom Tov, and so this Mishnah goes a bit sidetracked to discuss the Tumor status of a pepper grinder. The halacha is that in general, a item can only become Tome if it's considered a useful item. Of course, there are many other conditions, but that is one condition. It follows, therefore, that a broken item can in general not become Tome. Of course, it depends how broken it is, and those laws are discussed at length in Seder Taharis, but the Mishnah tells us that Horechaim shall pilpalin, a grinder designated for grinding pepper, Tameyom Mishum Shlesha Kalim, can become Tome because of three different parts, three different utensils, which make up the pepper grinder. Meaning, even if these three parts become unattached and are by themselves, so they can't necessarily function as a pepper grinder, Nevertheless, each part has a significant role and a significant use, which means that it can become Tome even by itself not being part of the pepper grinder. Firstly, Mishram Kli Kibble, it can become Tome as a receptacle. This is referring to the bottom part of the pepper grinder, which is essentially just a container to catch the ground pepper. And that's usually made out of wood. And in order for a wooden item to become tome, it has to be able to hold things. And since this does hold things, it can become tome. Secondly, the thing which is used to actually crush and grind the pepper, so the bottom of it, the part which actually comes into contact with the pepper, is made out of metal. It's hard, there is better material to use for crushing the pepper. However, the majority of this part of the pepper grinder is made out of wood. The thing which you hold onto is the wooden part, and just the bottom is made out of metal. However, since the main purpose of this part is to crush the pepper, and the wood is only there to serve the metal, so that you can hold onto it and crush the pepper, so this is classified as a metal item, and a metal item can become tome even if it cannot hold things. So the Mr. says, It can become tome because of the metal part, and so if that part is by itself, it can also become tome by itself. And thirdly, It can become tome as a sieve, this is referring to the middle part of the pepper grinder. That's where the peppers would, would lie, and he would crush the peppers on this thing, and the parts which were already crushed, so they could go through the holes in the sieve whereas the uncrushed peppers would stay Im- above the sieve. And with Jabonon, regardless of what the sieve is made out of, it can become tome because it is very similar to a woven material. And woven material can become tome mid eraisa. So with Jabonon, because a sieve is very similar, that part can become tome regardless of what it is made out of. Mr. Yud, I got a cotton. A child's wagon. This is a bit, this is similar to sort of toy car, which a little child can sit in. Tmeo Midros can become Tome as a Tumas Midros. This refers to a very high level of Tumor, which if certain people with a high level of Tumor, for example a Zov, which is a type of person who is Tome because of substances which exit his body, so if he supports his weight on anything which is meant for supporting somebody's weight, for example a chair, a chair is designated for somebody to sit on. So if a Zov were to sit on the chair, the chair would become Tome as a Tome Midras, which is on the level of an Avha Tuma, which is a primary high level of Tuma. So if the child is a Zov and he sits in that car, in that toy wagon, so it would become Tome, since it is designated for that use for a child to sit in it and to support his weight on that toy wagon. Secondly, since it has a use for the child to play with, and that's what it's designated for when it tells us about Shabbos, it can be moved on Shabbos, it is not considered to be Muktzah. 
And thirdly, the Inan Agreus El Al Gabi Kalim, it cannot be dragged on a earth ground unless it is on top of clothes. The one cannot move the wagon along the ground in the regular way, because the wheels of this wagon could make holes in the ground, which is made out of earth. It could make dents into the ground, and that would be considered part of the malacha of ploughing. Chayresh, which would be forbidden on Shabbos, and Yom Tov, so the only solution would be to do it on top of material. For example, clothes, and that would prevent the wheels making a hole in the ground. And so if done in such a manner, then it would be permitted. Rabbi Yehuda is more lenient. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, Korakelem. All other utensils which are heavier than this, for example, a very heavy bench, a Nigorin, they cannot be dragged on the ground, because then it is extremely likely that it will make marks in the ground and holes into the actual ground. Chutzman Ha'agala, except for this wagon of the child, that can be dragged on the ground and moved along the earth ground, Bibneshi Koveshes, because all it does is it pushes onto the ground, but it does not actually enter into the ground and make holes in the ground. It just sort of applies pressure on top of the ground and might push it down slightly. But the wheels themselves do not make holes in the ground and therefore it is not like ploughing, so it is permitted on Shabbos and Yom Tov. We have mentioned a couple of times already that although the Torah permits malachas to be done on Yom Tov for the sake of food preparation, that does not refer to every single one of the malachas which have to do with food. Around a third of the 39 malachas are ultimately a preparation to get closer to the final product of the food. However, the very early stages, such as cutting the food off the ground, threshing it, harvesting it, etc., that is not permitted even on Yom Tov. The Yerushalmi learns out of Pesukim that only from the stage of Lisha, of kneading the dough onwards, only those forms of work are permitted, so for example, baking, since that is done after the dough is kneaded, so that would be allowed to be done on Yom Tov. But things like grinding, grinding the wheat or the grain into flour, since that is done before the stage of kneading, so it is forbidden. So it appears from the Yerushalmi that it is Midoraisa. However, others do learn that it is only Midrabonon, that the early stages cannot be done, and this is a large subject of debate. As it may, we're going to see in our Mishnah that something like trapping an animal is also considered to be too early a stage to be considered a real food preparation, and therefore it is forbidden, whether it be Bidaraisa or Midrabonon. The point is, it is certainly forbidden to trap an animal on Yomtov. In Solin Dogim and Habivarim Yomtov, it is forbidden to trap fish from their enclosures, from their ponds on Yom Tov, and as well as that, it is forbidden to put in front of them food, firstly because they can find enough food in their pond that they are not dependent on you, which means that if you start adding food into the pond, that is considered an unnecessary burden and effort on your behalf, and the Rabbonon certainly do not want you to be spending so much effort on Yom Tov, which is supposed to be a day of rest, and therefore it is forbidden to feed those animals on Yom Tov. Others add that if you start feeding the animals, then you are likely to end up actually coming to trap the animals, and so Midrabonon is forbidden even to feed them. However, but it is permitted to trap a wild animal or a bird from their enclosures, because as we are going to see in a moment, we are referring to relatively small enclosures, and for these sorts of animals to be inside one of those enclosures is considered to be trapped already. So if you just take hold of the animal, that's not considered to be trapping the animal, because it's already trapped. 
And as well as that, as the Mishnah, it is permitted to place food in front of them because these sorts of animals in these sorts of enclosures are dependent on the owner for the food. And so it's not considered to be an unnecessary effort to feed them because they are relying on you to feed them. According to the reason which we gave before, that by feeding the animal you might come to trap it, so certainly that would not be relevant over here, since you are allowed to trap it, since it's not considered to be trapping. The animal is already trapped, so it's just like taking a tra- or an already trapped animal. Now, Shimming Gamliel says in explanation of what the Tanakama said, Not all enclosures are the same. And Zehaklol, this is the rule. Any enclosure which is lacking trapping. Meaning, the fact that the animal is in that enclosure is not considered to be already trapped. You still need to spend the effort and use proper professional traps in order to trap that animal. So then also it will be forbidden to trap the animal because it is considered to be real trapping. But if an animal is in an enclosure which is not lacking trapping, meaning it's now very easy to just to take the animal, so it's already considered to be trapped and therefore mutter, it is permitted to so-called trap it since you're not actually trapping it because it's already trapped. So you're just taking an already trapped animal, and that is permitted. Mishnah Beats, the subject of this Mishnah is a case where there is a doubt as to whether something is mukta or not. Now in general, there's a rule of Sufik Da'iraisa al-Khumra, that if you have a doubt in the case of something which is a Midda'iraisa, it's a Torah law, so then you have to be strict. Whereas if it's Midrabonon, then Sufik Midrabonon Lakula, one is allowed to be lenient in such a case of a doubt. Now Mukta is Midrabonon, albeit something which was instituted very early, even in the times of the Nevi'im, in the days of Nehemiah, nevertheless it is still considered Mijabonon, and so one would have thought that it should be lenient. Then in a case of doubt, it should be permitted to move that item. However, in this mission we will see that it is a subject to debate. If somebody made traps for wild animals, for birds, or for fish, before Yomtov began, so he did that in a permitted way, he is not allowed to take the animals from those traps on Yom Tov, unless he knows as a fact that they were trapped already from before Yom Tov. Because whether something is mukta or not is decided on the moment that Shabbos or Yom Tov begins. So since over here there is a possibility that when Yom Tov began, the animal had not yet been trapped, in which case that animal had not yet been designated for use at the beginning of Yom Tov, in which case it remains Mukta for the rest of Yom Tov. So even though it's a doubt in the case of a Midrabonon, nevertheless it is ruled stringently, and it will be forbidden to move that and take it off the trap. And before I should discuss the reasons for this, possibly since it's relatively easy not to violate this Midrabonon, just don't eat the fish, or don't eat whatever animal you trapped, you can just wait a few hours until Yom Tov goes out and then eat it. So therefore we are strict even in a case of doubt when it comes to Mukta. However, Amun Gamliel argues, and the Gemara explains that one actually has to add words into the Mishnah, there Amun Gamliel argues and he holds that it is permitted, as is illustrated from the following story. There was a story which once happened with a particular non-Jew, Shehevi Dogum Rabban Gamliel, who brought fish to Rabban Gamliel on Yom Tov, and he wasn't sure, it was a doubt, whether the fish had been trapped that day, or whether they had been caught the previous day before Yom Tov. The Omar and Amun Gamliel said, They are permitted. A case of a doubtful mukta is ruled leniently, according to the regular rule of Sovik Jabonon Lakula, that we go leniently when it comes to the Jabonon law. But my desire is not to receive it from that non-Jew. 
Either Rabbi Gamliel wanted to be strict upon himself, or he was enemies with this particular non-Jew, and he didn't want to receive it from him, or perhaps it was a non-Jewish holiday, so there were Avodah Zorah concerns. But the point is that in terms of the laws of Yom Tov and Muktza, Rabbi Gamliel said that it was totally permitted. And so we see that he argues on the Tanakama, and according to Rabbi Gamliel, a doubtful case of Muktza is ruled leniently and it is permitted to move that item.